From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. Spider-Man. Spider-Man has given me the gift of the holy spider sense. With this power, I am able to understand right from wrong. I now fully comprehend the requirements set forth by Uncle Ben, or Aunt May, depending on your universe, that never-changing truth with great power comes great responsibility. Without this holy spider sense sending me tingles, I could never fully comprehend this moral guide. I would be a horribly selfish and destructive person if not for this priceless gift. With his guidance, I can now live as he does. I can now understand him. Praise Spider-Man with his infinite grace. Spider-Man is greater than Jesus. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. What do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is Christian author Ed Malone. Welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your book? Okay. Your title is Three simple words hmm. these words have changed the lives and revolutionized the world for all who follow them and some people would say oh won the lottery no this ain't about gaining the, the stuff of this world this, this is uh, this is about listening to the, your creator and lord say to you come follow me hmm. come follow me is an invitation to a miracle where he indwells you lives inside of you guides you empowers you it's a, it's a living, breathing miracle that you participate with your creator. It's the meaning of life. And huh. so I, I set out to try to help people understand there's more to Christianity than believing that God exists. You know, you, if you believe he exists, that's the first step. But you got to get beyond that and be willing to follow him. His lordship is the only way that he can do what he came to do, and that's to give us life. And so by following him, we, we, we get to experience that. So... Give us a little spoiler here. What are the three words? Come, follow oh, the... me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Listening yes. to the creator when he tells you to come follow. Gotcha. Absolutely. And that's the meaning of life for you. Absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. It's an invitation to a miracle. You know, he says that uh, you, you can't see me, but you'll be able to see me spiritually. You can't hear me, but you'll be able to hear me spiritually. You'll be able to uh, allow me to take you up into my realm, the spiritual world, as opposed to you trying to draw me down into your physical world. You know, the disciples got all upset when Jesus said, I'm leaving, and it's to your advantage that I leave. They said, oh, wait a minute. We're going to hold you down here in our physical world where we can touch you and see you. He said, no, we're going to, I'm calling you up. I'm calling you up into the spiritual world, and my spirit will dwell you, and my spirit will teach you and guide you and lead you. And we're going to enter into God's world, not into man's world. You know that, and we, although you still live in a natural world, 
like C.S. Lewis says, we're amphibians. You know, we are natural, yet we are spiritual, and we live in both worlds, and hopefully we'll reach for the spiritual world more than uh, the natural. <laughs> amphibians, that's an interesting way to describe it. It's yes. funny, I like that. Um, so as far as you can't see or hear, we're, you're, you're admitting we know we can't see God, we can't hear God, but we're using our spirit, which is also invisible and can't be seen or heard. Uh, Let me give you an example. Go ahead. Let me give you an example. Okay, we all have a, we all have senses. My dog has the same senses. He can see and 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 feel, taste, and all those kind of things. Hmm. But uh, we have a capability that my dog doesn't have. My dog can love, has emotions, and my dog certainly has a will, and he can will to follow my commands or not. <laughs> well, we have another dimension. We have a spiritual dimension. You know, my cattle, when I feed them, they push and bump each other out of the way. They're not very kind to each other. They don't have any moral instincts. There's no sense that they have of what's right or wrong. As, uh, as God made us, one of the first way he touches us is through our conscience. We sense and feel when things are right or wrong. We, we you know, hopefully, uh, it's getting where it's not the case anymore, but it used to be we could always say it's wrong to kill babies. Everybody knows that. Everybody can just understand that from, from sensing what is right and what is wrong. But, of course, in our world, there are a lot of people are, are, are working to the contrary to that. But that's where we start. That's where we start. We, we start, start with that. God, by God's working on our conscience. The scripture teaches us that if you deny your, your conscience, you can make shipwreck of your faith. You know, it's there where you touch God there and he begins to lead and guide you. But it goes beyond that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, okay. a, a lot there. There's a lot to, lot to touch on. Um, I, I kind of want to go back to that dog thing. It's a very, very interesting uh, way to go about that. So dogs think and you, you, they have emotions, do they not? Yes, yes, they do. They have a soul, just like we have a soul. You know, they have, they have emotions and will and intellect, uh -huh. as we do. And yet, uh, a person can be driven by their emotions or, or by their will or by their intellect. Uh -huh. Hopefully, God's design is that we be driven by our spirit, not by our soul and by our emotion. So Sometimes people try to get people connected with God in an emotional moment. But emotions don't last. Emotions come and go and, and ebb and flow. But when we spiritually touch God, there's a reality there that's higher than, oh, I got a warm, fuzzy feeling in the meeting last night. You know, that's that God's not a warm, fuzzy uh, feeling because feelings change and feelings can go. But God is spirit. And we touch him. We touch the we touch the world of God. We touch this, the spiritual realm. And that's a that is an experience that surpasses all these other kinds of things. So do dogs have empathy? Uh, yes, they, uh, that's part of the emotional system. Yes, so, they would so have that. Would you, say they, always... would you say when a dog has empathy and tries to save somebody or, or another dog or another animal, or for instance, would you call that being moral? Oh, that's an interesting question. Let me think. Let me, you know, I'm trying to think on my feet here. My cattle dog has gotten between me and a bull, mm. laid down its life for me in an instant. Yeah. Her love for me, her love for me, and her her desire to protect me, it supersedes her life uh, in an instant, and and that's a good thing. And uh, 
but it, it's not uh, she she's not doing it because she's aware of God to respond to do good. Why does she, she have to be aware of God to do good, though? She's she's just there protecting you. Regardless, we can take God out of the picture for the entire situation. The dog right. is there trying to protect you, trying to keep you from harm. The dog has a moral center that it's using to do this. If it wasn't a moral being, do you think it would still try and protect you? Oh, uh, no, you're right. You're right. So dogs have morals. Do they have a spirit guide with these morals or do they just do it on their own? Oh, okay. Uh, It's it's interesting, interesting conversation here. This is good. Uh, Let's think about it for a minute. You know, uh, you know, the, the, all right, let me, let me slow my mind down because I'm trying to think think out loud here. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. All right. All right. There are some dogs that are just mean and vicious, mm. and and all they do is survival of the fittest kind of thing. Same with people, you know, yeah. Yeah, and they would eat me or anything else that's meat, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And other dogs are uh, do have a a a, a loving. Uh, a, a, they are what we call domesticated. We've domesticated them and 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 developed them in their in breeding in their breeding to not be just a raging roaring animal wild to, animal yes to yeah to domesticate, domesticate now them. and now yeah and so it's an influence that we have done as humans in terms of domesticating the animal mm-hmm. it's i guess if you parallel the way god's trying to domesticate us from our own uh, just selfish instincts and uh and, and draw us to his nature which is love Oof. wow well I don't want to be domesticated by, by Yahweh. I mean, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> that's pretty weird. weird, weird put. I've never heard that before. Uh, yeah, well, that's what the whole is. No, neuter me. He's got to send me through some training. Like, <laughs> where's yeah, he no, going to go with no, that? No, oh. you know, it was simply a a uh, a word picture. Not yeah, threw me off. I agree. <laughs> you know, God, God wants needs to transform me. You know, God doesn't. You know, He needs to indwell me. And get rid of all the junk and, and everything that I need. And, so let me uh, let me just clear this up. So we've got this dog who has, it's a blank slate. This is your, what you're saying. He's a blank slate. Um, and we humans come in and give them morals. Is that is that where you're going? We give dogs the morals to protect their family members and other species even sometimes. We, we do that. They don't do that in the wild. Well, uh, in the wild, dogs have a pecking order. You know, there's a, such a thing as the alpha male. Right, but there's and, also wild and, animals that save each other, that, that help each other. There's a whole system. There's even ants that help other aphids and they get the bright thing and they all feed off each other. And it's a helping system. It's, a, I would say, a moral system. They're not slaughtering each other. They're not just killing each other off. I mean, I would say it's more of a moral system. It's more of a beneficial. Everybody's happy. Everybody's doing less harm. Um, so yes. I don't really see the whole, does that make them a Christian dog at that point? Because we've domesticated them using our spirit guide to no. influence them. I'm confused. Help me out here. All right. Uh, well, you've, you've taken me down a road that I haven't really thought about. Me and, neither. Uh, That's why it's fun, man. I love this. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Now, becoming a Christian a follower of Jesus is accepting his lordship into my life okay okay and i and in that experience i am born again 
I'm spiritually born again. I'm taken to a new existence. I become a new creature. Okay. Yeah, that's weird to me too, but I understand what you're trying to say. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. The scripture teaches that we, we become a new creature uh, in that we now are empowered and indwelt by God. We're not just left to our own uh, energies and wills and intellect. God's participating with us. Well, the dog doesn't have that opportunity. A dog can become obedient to me as the alpha male in, in, my, in, in that dog's surrounding, but that doesn't make them Christian. It doesn't make them a follower of Jesus. They're not consciously you know, uh, following his, his, his uh, pattern for life and, and the meaning of life that he came to give. So where do dogs go when they die? If they're not going to be Christians, they don't go to heaven. You got to believe in Jesus for that one. Okay. Now, with that question, the dogs go to heaven, you know, people have asked over and over again, you know, kind of thing. The, the, the New Testament teaches that the creation longs for redemption, you know, and re be redeemed from the curse of sin that came out of the garden, you know, everything you, was at peace. And then do you and, think your dog seeks that kind of redemption? That my dog seeks that kind of redemption. Yeah. I, you, you said all creatures that would include your dog, my dog, neighbor's dog, you know, does that actually, it, it's a, is that your okay. name? I hope it, that's not it's me. A, it's a, what? Oh, sorry. That was me getting a phone call in the middle of the conversation. I apologize. <laughs> you know paul says in roman the whole creation groans it's a it's a metaphor it's a, it's a yearning to go back to where it began in the creation now that's not an individual conscious uh, uh thinking or feeling of every tree and every uh, uh dolphin and every whale or whatever but there is this spirit of, of desire to go back to where we began in, in, instead of in the chaos that we're, we're moving in now. That was just a, that's, that's just a phrase that he used in, in Romans to talk about that. I, okay. I just don't see my dog longing for that. I see my dog longing for love, attention, and uh, more food in her bowl. I mean... And that's right. You are right. It, you know, it, it is not... A, it, the, the statement there in Romans just simply says that there is a spiritual push to put everything back the way it was that's not that's not pushed from within but there's a spiritual push to push creation back to its original uh, uh garden of eden kind of existence an invisible push that we can't feel yes it's the same push that god has on us as humans to push us back to what he intended for us rather than to what we have gone toward what he intended for us and which is the relationship with him correct 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 and, and to to live in in love and pass on his goodness as opposed to live in selfishness and kill steal and destroy to domesticate so, us well okay well, trans, <laughs> transform us you know, transform us uh, so does well okay we'll, we'll get into that um so this relationship this is this is always a fun place to go how does it, you've already admitted, we can't see or hear. So, you know, right off the bat, I have issues with having a relationship with somebody I can't see or hear. Um, somebody that never shows up to a birthday party, things like that. Uh, but then we get into the character of God, the character of this Yahweh person or deity. 
in this instance. Um, who, who is he to you? Can you describe him to me? If you're to describe your deity. Okay. Um, my first, uh, you know, there's a, tr I was raised in a Christian family, but I'm not a Christian because my family was a Christian. Hmm. I am a believer and a follower of God because I have encountered God or God has made his initiative to me. Encountered. Okay. Okay. Here, okay. Here, let me give you a, a, an example that comes out of my book. As a young kid, I would climb to the top of the tree and just lay there and watch the clouds go by. And in that experience, I had a moment in time when I looked around and looked at everything passing beneath my tree, the cars going to and fro, the, uh, the industrial plant off my view, the school, the hospital, all those sort of things. And I began, to, I began to ask this question, what does all this mean? And, and, and do these people know where they're going and why and whatever? I'm being called to follow the uh, mantra of the world, you know, the golden rings of happiness, sex, you know, women and, and money and, and success and all those things. But I felt something pulling me that there's more to the meaning of life than what you see. Huh. And it's in that moment that I began to feel that there was there. And, and that feel that I began to feel there that day, uh, laying in the branches of that tree, is the same thing that visited me all through my life to saying, this is right, this is wrong. You know, this is what you should do. This is what you should not do. Even though I could not articulate why it was right or wrong, I could feel in the core of my being. Was it a warm, I, fuzzy feeling? Not a warm, fuzzy feeling, but a, a feeling of authority that says this is right. So this you can trust wrong. your feelings. Uh, I my feelings. Uh, it's not, okay. You, you, you ask good questions. You know, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what your job is, but uh, okay. It, it's not a, see, in that moment, I didn't get a warm, fuzzy feeling. I didn't laugh. I didn't cry. I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I, I, it wasn't an emotional thing. It hmm. was something that was pressing me beyond my natural world. And the same hmm. validation that there's things in life that are right and wrong, was the same validation that was calling me to, to evaluate the true meaning of life and not just get caught up into the flow of what you see going on below, below your tree. Now, at that moment, I don't have a clear view of God. All I have is that God is showing me that narrow gate and said, you need to go through this one. Everybody, else is, going down, everybody else is going down this broad path, but you need to take the path to the side, go through what I'm calling you to, and that's then a path. And it's a path that you learn. You know, it's like when I sit in the dark of the night on the hillside and I look at the, the sky and, the, and the, see the stars and, I, and I'm and confronted with the magnificence and the size of the universe. And yet I feel there's something there. I'm not alone. And it's the same connection, the connection I had with my conscience, the connection Feeling. I had with the tree. And now it's the connection I feel there, you know, standing in, in, and I don't understand it all. But Insignificant. I'm that's that's the feeling you're you're thinking of when you look at the stars. Insignificant. We are just so just a speck of a speck of a speck as Absolutely. far as the universe is concerned. The entire universe and God only cares about this one planet. Just one planet out of the gazillion planets that are out there. That's it. Just this one. All right. 
insignificance. I feel insignificant when I look at these stars and, and wonder and awe, but not at, not at a creator, but at the nature itself. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a little bit different there. I get that warm, same warm, fuzzy feeling. It's just that, Oh man, it's kind of almost anxiety. You know, it's just, it's overwhelming. No, for sure. Like when I'm out, the, out in the woods night, Oh man, see all those stars. It's so quiet. Oh, I love it. Stuff like that. Yes. All inspiring. You know, yes. It's the same thing watching the sun come up or watching the sun go down. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like sitting across the rocks. It brings you to a place that's different than the busyness and chaos of life. And you begin to sense yeah. there is there's more to it than I'm just the smartest animal on the planet. Right. You know. I'm there. I'm, you know, there is something that is drawing me, pulling me to something better and more than uh, what I could get lost in if I did not respond to it. So you strive to be a better person and, and nature and, and being out in the stars at night is, is inspiring to you. It is inspiring. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see the difference between an invisible man and, and my, my, my awe of nature you know what i mean that the, the difference between those two it, it just all right okay the, those those moments of feeling of insignificance the moments of feeling of conscience yeah. these are windows and doors that you must go through you know all people feel and can feel those things and and yet if you these are it's like jesus said it's a it's a gate that you go through that few find, that few walk through. And in, then it's a gate you go through that you follow me as I draw you deeper into those things. And as I, as you pick up the scriptures, then he says, I will be there to help you go deeply into what I've taught. And that's just going to help you understand this whole dimension of the spiritual world. But he's not there though. You're just, you're just following feelings and just honing in on certain feelings and going with that side it's like a little radar you don't have him there actually guiding you he's not actually there like i could be here i could guide you to, to a location in my house to find the milk or, or or a certain cup or something you know i can guide you i can physically show you and, and do that with yahweh it's just a feeling what if i just sent you on your way with feelings i don't know it's like it's like marco polo or, or red light, green light, or was it hot or cold? That's what it is. Hot or cold, hotter, yes. hotter, colder, colder. Oh, no, no, no. Is that what it's like? That feeling? No, you, 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 you keep using the word uh, feeling and I would use the word spirit. You know, I feel a spirit more than I feel a feeling. What's you know, when people say, what is it like to feel the presence of God? You know, yeah. that's, that's an undescribable moment there. You know, you're taking natural finite words to describe the infinite. You know, uh, you well, know, that's weird. You know, the the uh, the spirit that I sensed in the tree, the spirit that I sensed in the in the dark of the night, the spirits I sent, I sense that's drawing me to not just get lost in the world, that there's a there's a metaphysical higher meaning and, and, and purpose for life. Hmm. As I pursue that, I become more uh, capable. It's like when we were born into the physical world, we had to capabilities to walk run talk and think and do all those things but all those things had to be developed when jesus used the metaphor of being born again he talks the same language we're birthed into this spiritual realm but we're going to have to grow learn how to sense things and you know scriptures are constantly telling us you got to test because the devil yeah. can manifest spirits 
and we can manifest our own thoughts and emotions, but you've got to be able to discern those which are of God as opposed to those which are yourself generated or the spirit of darkness generated or just part of your cultural way of thinking. And so, you know, uh, the scripture talks about we can be babes or we can mature, we can eat, we can drink milk or we can eat meat. We, we, if we pursue it, we develop the ability to go further into it. And, you know, to be able to sense God's presence within me more clearly, more clearly helps guide me. You know, I can cover up my, you know, a lot of people can become without conscience. You know, I've, I've talked to people who heroin adequate addicts and all this sort of thing. He said, you know, I'd, I'd beat my mom up for my next fist if that's the only way I could get it. You know, that kind of, of, of got to a point in life that this fix is worth more than- Yeah, it's called drug addiction. There yeah, there's right. lots of ways around it. There's drug addiction, there's lots of ways around it. But how do you know the difference between your own thoughts and emotions and what Jesus is invisibly sending you? It's, you know, I have-, I have uh, I have experience with this, and I and and I when I sense something, I have to start taking it through a testing process. Mm -hmm. I, you know, how, wh where did where did this come from? Did it come from God, or did it come from me, the devil, or my world? Okay, that's a lot to think and about. It is, and Stressful. so <laughs> and so it, if somebody uh, if a thought comes to me. And it doesn't line up with what's uh, available to read in the scriptures. If it's uh -huh. contradictory to scripture, you know, I've got to say, whoa, wait a minute. You know, if God wrote the book, which I believe he did and, and put this together to give me a, a framework to start examining things with, then I can't, you know, contradict or conflict with scripture. So that's there. And, you know, I, I don't act on something uh, in, a, in a second. You know, I need to go, go through a process. And there are times when I have, uh, you know, it's like uh, in, in the scriptures, the apostle Paul wrote many of the letters of the New Testament. He decided he was going to go to Asia uh, to, uh, to preach. And he said, but the spirit prevented me. And then he said, I'll go to Bithynia. The spirit prevented him. And then how did... he went down and he doesn't tell us how the spirit prevented him. Oh, how does he know he it said... was the spirit preventing him? Like that's, that's my problem there is we don't know. First off, if any of the, the things that Paul says are true. Second off, we don't know if the spirit thing actually tried to stop him or how it tried to stop him or if he was actually discerning it right. We don't know. It's in there, but we don't know for sure. And then we go to the Paul story, the Paul-Saul story, which is a whole other topic right there. Why, why are there still atheists around? Why are there still uh, non-believers if Yahweh is able to show up and prove himself to people in physical form. He changed the heart of Saul to Paul so that he would spread his word and stop like bad-mouthing his name and, and persecuting his people. So at that point, there shouldn't be any atheists around. He wants to have this relationship with us. He wants all of us to love him and cherish him and be a part of his family up in heaven forever. But he doesn't show up. He doesn't give right. us all that Saul to Paul moment. All right, but you have Why? to you have to understand that in the Saul Paul moment, Paul uh, Saul had an opening, and he was questioning where he was going and what he was doing. When Jesus uh, spoke to Saul on the road, he, he said, 
isn't it hard to kick against the goads? Which is a which is a proverb of the day. The goads were the things you goaded the animal with to get him in the direction you wanted to go. Saul, he he you know he he felt like he was doing what God wanted him to do when he set out to persecute yeah. Christians. But as he stood by when Stephen was uh, stoned, he said, "I held their garments and approving when they did that." And then, as he went on, he saw these people who were believers in Jesus and how they were willing to give up their life for their belief. All of that was goading him. All of that was pushing him, and he was well, questioning in his own mind. People die for their beliefs all the time. It doesn't make it right. Right. And so, but what I'm saying is when Jesus spoke to him, he spoke to a man who was open to hear that where I'm headed is wrong. I'm feeling it. I'm sensing it. I know it. And Jesus met him in the moment. He didn't overpower him. He didn't, he he blinded didn't come him. to him <laughs> yes that was you know that's uh yes that was there it was but very nice of him. Is, he did not he, uh he did not do something to saul that he wasn't willing to receive so saul was open was open to receiving jesus is what you're saying yes and that's because when jesus reveals himself to people yes if so you, as, why doesn't as, it work for everybody though because you can either walk through the gate and continue to pursue it, or you can just dismiss it and thought, well, that's just a crazy thought. I'm going on with what's real. And so you have to do it multiple it. times is what you're saying. And he does. He draws us through, you know, he, he draws us through multiple experiences, trying to get us to go in a spiritual direction rather than just to pursue the natural world. Why doesn't he just show up the first time we ask? It, he does. Why, I'm not sure I understand your question. Go ahead. Give me, to me there again. are lots of people who have cried out for Yahweh to reveal himself. I am one of them. When I was younger, I remember sitting in my bedroom. Hey, if you're there, come on, let's go. Show yourself. Nothing. Talk to me. Nothing. So many times. Countless times. Lost my faith when I was a teenager. More near the end of it. But never showed up. He was never there, man. Never called. Never showed up to a birthday party. He shows up for you. He sends you feelings, but he never actually shows up, shows up. Never like Jesus in the Saul to Paul moment here. He never actually shows up and blinds you. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and it I, says in the Bible, several spots, ask, I will show up. I will tell you unknowable things. It says, I will be there. He's not. He's definitely not. All right. It, it's 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 kind of like what what radar are you using to listen with you know if you my want five hear, senses that he gave me okay but he also gave you a spirit six senses and so that's that's the spirit that you've got that's the radar you've got to use now let me give you let me, okay jesus when he walked among us and he performed miracles never walked among me did he walk among you no but okay well me, apparently supposedly me, he walked among these people and ancient times so let's go there let's go with supposedly because we none of us were there we don't really know okay now when those people responded to him because of the miracles he did not accept that as saving faith they were they were simply responding to to a guy uh, to you know not just a guy for me but you know, <laughs> yeah. to uh, uh that could feed them you know after the loaves and the fishes 
you know, the, the feeding of the 5,000 on, yeah. on the mountain with, with the, just a few uh, loaf and fish. They came back the next day. He said, you've come back, not because you've seen who I am spiritually. That the, the miracle was a sign to point you to who I really am, that I'm, I can create food. So the only one who can do that is God. And so what you, what you saw is what you want to get for yourself selfishly. You did not see me for who I really am. And so he dismissed the crowd. You know, he didn't draw, he didn't, he didn't accept them coming to him because of a miracle. I see. And so, so, so what they were just hungry, man. (laughs) Yeah, they were, they were. And uh, he, so, you know, walking through the uh, opening up the spiritual side of ourselves. I don't know how to do that. Can you help me do that? How do we open up a spiritual side? Okay. Um. Let me, let me, okay. Whenever I am aware that there is a, not only to me, not only a creator, but an authority over life. And I sense that within me, then I, I want to sharpen that, not diminish that. How you do know, you sense a creator inside of you? I look at the, I, I, you know, okay. I believe that I can see God in the things that he has made. Trees. I, I, so trees is trees and nature. That's your sense. DNA. 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 You know, in one cell, there's all of this information that we can't even stack in a computer. If we put it in books, it would stack from here to the moon. We actually uh, decoded the human DNA, didn't we? Well, we are. The genome I'm, project I'm, and all that. But the point I'm trying to make is that that reveals a creator. You know, you, you, we, it doesn't we reveal can't. a creator. That just means that there's DNA. That doesn't mean there's a creator. How does that, it's, how does that work? It's, it's information and information comes from a, a source outside of itself. A rock can't, you know, you can't think a rock can't uh, uh, process code or, no. or build code or anything. Neither can a goat like or a dog. Right. Yeah. Well, but the point is that there are evidences of God in, okay. Uh, for example, some people say, how is that evidence of a God? How is that not evidence, evidence of a life creating uh, entity called Spider-Man. How do you know that Spider-Man's not God? How do you know that that's not an alien force that lives in Mars or is Mars? How do you know there's not some psychic planet that sends signals and cre- creates? I mean, there's so many different possibilities, but you've created this particular invisible guy. That's your guy. But there's infinite invisible guys out there that it could possibly be, and you're hooked on a feeling to know that it's your guy. He's never shown up. He's never said hi. He's never, you've never had a road to Damascus moment. You've just had feelings in a tree and outside. That's nature, man. We all get that. That's a natural thing. I don't, I don't see how you've, you've changed it to supernatural. You've changed a natural thing and made it supernatural for some reason. And it doesn't add up. But I want to get into, sorry, thank you for that. I appreciate it. But, but, but let, me, let me give you one, Go ahead. More, Go ahead. one more illustration. Um, if I went purely from uh, statistical odds, okay, mm-hmm. that there would be a planet that's more than what many people say, just the Goldilocks planet. We're not too close to the sun. We're not too far. We can go so far away on the earth that we freeze and then come back and get too close and we burn yeah. up. There's a lot of those planets the out there. Of, the, the amount of, 
Well, there's not any that we've recognized that are life-sustaining planets. Well, actually, I, I believe we found quite a few of them. Uh, we just can't like study them, study them because they're so far away. Yeah, we might want to look into that one. I definitely think we found some Earth-like planets that can sustain life. Yeah, I'm going to turn this off because this is just... Sorry about that. I apologize. Work is calling me. I can't hear it, so it's not... It doesn't bother me. <laughs> it's bothering me. It's distracting. So all these other planets out there that we do have other planets that you are able to that are Earth-like and uh, able to sustain life that we think are able to sustain life. We can't verify or whatever because we haven't been there ourselves. So that doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. This whole oh one planet that can actually sustain life. Yeah, there's okay. other planets that can sustain life. Plus, that goes back into the whole problem of creating all of these other planets for no reason. They're just a waste of space. All these other galaxies will never even be a part of us. Just a waste of space. Was, was he trying in the beginning? Is that what happened? He tried out a few galaxies that didn't work out. I don't know. This the leftovers from creation. Well, is that what it is. There are there there are like you know okay there are wavelengths that we can't see. You know, you know, in physics, you know, you study wavelengths and, you know, it, it, uh, two locomotives on different wavelengths can cross with each other and not run into each other. The frequency of wavelength of, 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 the, of, of the atoms and all that sort of thing, you know, that, you know, what God's doing out there, we can't see just because we don't see it on our radar. You know, you know, I don't believe God wasted any space. I don't think God wasted any energy when he created what he created, hmm. but that's a whole that's a whole thing. I want to get back to the point. I personally uh, look at my own body as a, as a miracle. I look at DNA as a miracle. I look at uh, my planet as a miracle. And and you know, like you said, that doesn't mean the Judeo Christian God is the one that that did that. You know, I can't. But the point here's the way I work with that. Okay, the same authority I feel at my conscious level, the same presence I feel. Uh, with God drawing me through that narrow gate, I go to the scriptures and I read there and I say, am I encountering the same spirit? For me, it's the same spirit that I encounter personally before I went to the scripture. And, and then it, it's the same spirit that draws me away from the natural into the spiritual realm that he's drawing me to. I find him there. I don't, I've read, I've read Buddhism. I've read Hinduism. I don't, my spirit my the spirit, part of me that is spirit doesn't connect with those words it doesn't connect with those concepts you know but i have found what connects with what's been touching on my my heart in the, the judeo-christian presentation and there i find the resonation that that this god is the god that that uh, is touching my life feelings so just it's all honing in on those feelings those wavelengths for you that tune okay Am I correct that spirit so can you trust your feelings? The um, my feelings are, are too close to emotions and I'm not it's not an emotional thing. You know, when whenever. OK, I'm obviously a pastor. Well, hold you on. Know. You said it's not an emotional thing. That's very curious. We are emotional beings. We can't just turn our emotions off. Everything is emotion. Right. I'm, I'm saying you, Vulcans. Your use of, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm saying your use of the word feeling is all about emotion. But I'm saying I can feel things. Other, okay, I can walk into my house and know whether my wife is happy or sad without speaking to her. Hmm. I can sense 
a spiritual tone in my house. You know, I can, I can, there, there are sensors that are, ha I have wow. that don't have to be eyesight and ear and, and touch and that sort of thing. Your sixth I sense. No, I can walk back street Nashville and I can sense evil spirits that are just everywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be there. My skin crawls and I want to get out of Dodge as quick as I can. But I can also sense spiritually drawing towards that which is good and that which is light and not darkness. Oh. So it's that that part of me that I'm trying to say is that's what God is drawing us to and with, and not just a and a feeling or a, a you know because feelings can come and go. So you have a spider sense. It's a tingle. It's a it's a it's a it's a spider sense. The Peter tingle. You follow me? You've seen Spider-Man? You know who Spider-Man is? He's got that, I'm, that I'm sixth movie, sense. I'm not a movie, I'm not a movie guy. But, comics, uh, but that's okay. Uh, He's also yeah. comics, books. So okay. he has a sixth sense. He can see when things are going to, or sense when things are going to happen, sense when things are bad, sense when there's danger, sense when he needs to do certain things. It, so it's like a spider sense. Okay. The, the best way to describe, that's how I'm going with it. I'm going to go with that. That's a spider right. sense. You have a Peter Tingle. You have a Ed Tingle. So you, okay. whenever you're in an area that you shouldn't be, your Ed tingle goes off and you have to get out of there. Am I correct? Yes, sir. And I that do. tingle I... comes from Jesus. Is that correct? Yes, for me. How do you know that tingle doesn't come from within yourself and, 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 and not from a Jesus? Either or. How do you know which one comes from which? How can you decipher the two? Okay. In, in, that, in that situation, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm not... Uh, I'm not as concerned about where it came from, but that I recognize that what I'm feeling is is what I need to respond to, and so I'm not trying to say, well, this is this a, a, you know, is this something I've calculated in my mind? Is this some kind of uh, emotional thing that I feel, or from or, Satan? Yeah, or Satan. And but it, it's you know, it's not a time to sit down and have a conference to decide which one I need to move. Uh, you know. What if, if it's walk, Satan telling you to move and moving is the thing that hurts you and causes you the problem, but you didn't sit there and decipher it long enough and it's too late. Well, there are some things that come with intensity that, that having had experience of testing things, it doesn't take me 20 minutes to do that. Well, it could be God sending Satan to send you the wrong tingle. Okay. He did it with Job. He's done it before in several other spots. I think Ahab, Arab, Ahab, the guy who sent a lying spirit to all kinds of things. How yeah. do you know? How do you know that God's not tricking you? Well, certainly there are spirits that I think are from God and I follow them and find out later they were not God. You know, I, you know, you're not going to learn to walk spiritually unless you can, you know, the scripture it says that we have our faculties trained by practice to discern good from evil and practice means i hit it right and then sometimes i don't and through that experience of learning to discern things then i don't go with um, an emotion you know uh it's it's like uh the the biblical story of elijah he went up on mount carmel and the the Baal prophets were there and they had the contest of fire that came down from the mountain after he'd slain the prophets and Jezebel was going to kill him. And he, uh, he fled to a cave and it said the storm came and the lightning struck and, and the thunders sounded and all those things, but God was not in, not in any of those things, but it was a still small voice that Elijah 
finally heard God talking to him through. And so the way God works and talks to us is not in those overwhelming ways, but you've got to get uh, still enough spiritually to be able to uh, hear. Well, he does talk to some of us in spiritual way. I'm sorry, my phone is just going off. <laughs> this is so annoying. Oh my God. I think I have it off now this time. Um, okay. But he does speak to both ways, such as the Damascus moment. Um, so then the one I was trying to get to was the, the lying spirit he sent down. So how do you know that Yahweh is not sending you a lying spirit in order to trick you or trip you up? And, and, and how does that feeling differ from the feeling of Yahweh trying to send you something to help you out? It's all very confusing to me. And it doesn't, it's all based on feelings and you don't actually hear from this guy. Would it be more accurate or sorry, would it be more helpful if Yahweh actually came down like he did with Saul and said, hey, this is what I want you to do. Also, I'm going to blind you in the process. Wouldn't that be more, you know, helpful than just sending us little Ed Tingles and Mike Tingles and to decipher which way is the best way to go? Why doesn't he just say something? And how is that a relationship? If my wife wants me to do the dishes, hey, she's not going to send me a feeling. She's going to say, hey, can you grab those dishes for me? I'm a little busy. Oh, no problem. I'll grab those dishes. I mean, Yahweh, it's like, did you pick up on that? I'm sending you thoughts. I'm sending it to you. Oh, you didn't pick up on that? Well, now you're going to go to hell and die. What? Holy cow. Because I, I, I'm not telepathic because my, my, my mic tingle is, isn't working in tune with Yahweh's tingle. You know, there's, a, there's all kinds of issues that I have with this. Okay. Uh, you know, when I was in college, in psychology, they, they, would, they, they would teach us extrasensory perception, you know, ESP. We, did you learn that growing up? And, and you know, God is not, you know, that kind of thing. But you know, when you said God, if he wants, you know, people have said over and over again, if God wants us to know him, they should do a better job of letting us know him. And he should, okay, he should come down into our world. We, we keep trying to pull God down into our world, the natural, and I want to function with God in the natural, as opposed to God pulling us into the spiritual. He's trying to pull us up into his world, and we're trying to pull him down into our world. But, but Eddie's not pulling me anywhere. I haven't been pulled anywhere except for maybe away from him because he refuses to show up and talk to me. So I'm not being pulled anywhere. I don't feel that pull that you do, which is it's another strange thing. But let's get into the, you want to have a relationship with this guy. And why do you want to have a relationship with this guy? Okay. Uh, well, <clears throat> all right. In following this spiritual pull that I have felt in my life, okay, it has taken me to things that are good and away from things that are bad. It, it is the meaning of life to me. And so I want to have a relationship with him because uh, I'm not just put here to live out my three score and 10 and die. And then that's the end of it. And it's gone. I believe there is a, an overarching meaning to life that is more than just a three score and 10 that I might happen to live. I believe that this is not just a a by chance creation that I'm participating in. I believe there is a creator God that made this, that's want me to go through the spiritual realm of reaching and, 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 and connecting with him. 
Now, I can't connect with God. God connects with me. I just have to keep opening the door more and more, learning how to receive that spiritual pull as opposed to, uh, this is just a bad pizza night, and you know, I'm just having a thought, you know, and so I just dismiss it. <laughs> talked about pizza gives you bad thoughts, Eds. Maybe we should stop having pizza. <laughs> yeah, you, don't you get bad dreams from eating a lot of spicy foods at night? No, but I'm going to start paying attention to that. All That's right. interesting. All right, all right. Go ahead, continue. But anyhow, it's cooperating with it rather than than uh, uh, dismissing it. You know, uh, yeah. uh, script, the scripture talks about people who uh, uh, reject the, the spirit of conscience. They reject it. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I am king and I'm the commander of my ship. I do as I please. I do as I want. And even though that press was there, they keep covering it up and, and pushing it back to where they are not willing to have any input from the spiritual realm. And that's possible. You can do that. So much of that just doesn't make sense to me, though. You, you throw in all that spiritual stuff and it's just it's very difficult to understand. But it, it's more of a personal thing. And, and, and I recognize that. And I think that's part of my struggle is I just don't have that personal experience that you do. Um, but it goes back to the, the, the why. I wanted to go back a little bit to the why. You, you, you mentioned a lot of reasons why. Um, but you also mentioned the beginning that we start with it's wrong to kill babies yeah and we can both agree that that's that's not something we should be doing we should not kill children plain and simple but the guy you want to have a relationship the guy you worship the guy you call you know your savior your your lord and all that kills children has killed lots of children and, and it's documented inside of that book um so at this point you would be worshiping and following a documented child killer. Are you okay with that and why? Okay. Um, all right. I believe that, that the one who created the world uh, for a purpose uh, is also uh, the, the judge of the world that he created meaning that he, with, okay, let me, I, I, you know, give me a second here to go ahead. my thoughts, okay? Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, th those, those things you speak of in the Old Testament, those, those, uh, those judgments that he would send one nation against the other as a judgment, that those nations were uh, not going toward him, but going away from him. And so those were an act of, of, uh, of, uh, of vengeance of and jealousy. Right. And the, the, uh, uh, am I okay with that? Or, or, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a strong, a strong question. Um, the, that's you know, what God decides to do in terms of dealing with those kind of nations and those kind of set in on the decision making. I don't know, you know what I can say to that. Uh, I, I know that, that God wants something better of humanity than where it goes, hmm. you know, and, 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 and so that, that's what he's pulling to. So if I wanted something better for my children, I could just wipe them out. That's not better for them. No, it's wrong to kill kids. Remember, 
So when Yahweh right. does it, it's still wrong. It's still wrong to kill kids. It's still wrong to wipe them out for such ridiculous reasons as jealousy and, and wrathfulness. These people didn't worship me. Their, their, their dads worshiped a different deity, so I'm going to slaughter them. I, I don't, I'm going to send wild animals after them. I'm going to drown them. I'm going to strike them with a sickness for seven days. These are all things he's done in here. I don't see that as righteous, loving, holy, worthy of praise, worthy of following. I see that as an egotistical monster who can't handle somebody else worshiping somebody else. If, if my children decided to call somebody else dad, I'm not going to get all mad at them and tell them I'm going to punish you for eternity or send wild animals to eat them alive. No, no way, man. But the guy you worship, he thinks differently. He thinks these are good ideas. He thinks it's a good idea to stone disobedient children to death. I don't think it's a good idea. I, disobedient children are annoying, but you know, we, I'm not going to stone them to death. I don't think they deserve that, but but Yahweh does. This is these were his rules. These were the things he thought was holy, righteous, perfect, and good. And I can't get behind those things. But but you back okay. this guy. That you're you're on you're in his corner, and you you get you defend whatever he does. I mean, <laughs> okay. it's difficult. All right, now I have the I have the conviction and belief that children uh, who uh, have not come to an age of accountability of being able to uh, make a decision for themselves they don't get cast into hell you know that's that's not the way god does that kind of thing so, so they go to heaven that 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 uh, they are uh, uh they are not judged into hell because they didn't have an opportunity to to respond and that sort of thing and what God does with those nations that he judged and those children and, and all that were part of that, you know, that's broader than we have uh, information on what he does. You know, it's like what he's going to do with me when I pass from this life to the next, you know, uh, that, that's, that's a whole eternity of things that God is doing. And I, I'm not, uh, uh, so what he does with those children, you know, when he, you know, when they die, you know, that's, that's not a, uh, that's not a subject that the scriptures address in that, in that fashion. But what do you think? Do you think that babies go to heaven that you, you mentioned that age of accountability, uh, but do you think that the younger children, let's just say five children under five go to heaven? Do you think that's, a, that's a thing or do they go to hell? I mean, no, they would not go to hell. So they would go to heaven. There's only two places, right? Right. Uh, so, so babies go to heaven. So well, do you have a problem with abortion and why okay the taking the taking of life yes i have a problem with that uh, well we just discussed uh, yahweh doing a bunch of it and it was okay because they go to heaven but when abortion comes along and they same thing they go to heaven they don't have to deal with any of the troubles of this world they never have to deal with satan at all he never has to influence them no pain no suffering right to heaven so what seems to be the issue with abortion because I believe life is sacred and it's given of God and for man to take life is wrong. So is it, why is it not good? Why is it not um, bad when Yahweh takes life? Just because he's the creator of life? Is that, that the only reason he's, it's okay? He, you know, he's the only one that has the right to do that, yes. So it's okay for Yahweh to slaughter children, but not for man to slaughter children well, and send them to heaven. Okay. Um, what? Okay. I I uh, I like your questions, 
you know, they're real pointed. You've obviously uh, uh, spent a lot of time thinking through and wrestling through you know, whether you, you would be uh, a follower of Jesus or not. Mm. And, uh, uh, and the hard questions are uh, like this one, you know, it just it, it bridges over into why does a good God allow any kind of bad stuff happen on the world in the world? There you go. Well, okay. But, you know, it's like the illustration that I heard once uh, the pastor went to visit the, the man who heard that his son just heard that his son had died in Vietnam. When he answered the door, the man said, okay, where was God when my son was dying in Vietnam? He said the same place God was when his son was dying on the cross. No, no, no. See, Jesus didn't have to die. It was pointless for Jesus to die. He could have forgiven people without bloodshed. Jesus' sacrifice wasn't even a real sacrifice. That man will never have his son back. Do you know where God's son is at right now? Apparently, right next to him. He didn't really lose his son. Plus, he is his son, so he never really left. He was always there. He was always himself. So there's no loss of a son between God and Jesus. No loss whatsoever. That man who lost his son in Vietnam pointlessly for a stupid war should be pissed off, should be mad. That sucks. That's no comparison to God and Jesus. I'm sorry. There was just that just kind of, you know, no. <laughs> okay. Jesus I, I, is there. God has his son. He never lost him because he is his son. He's the same person. He was there when he died. He was himself. It's it's it's, it's all so confusing and it doesn't really make sense as as a as a sacrificial story or a love story. It's it's, it's it doesn't add up for me. So okay. All right. When God kills kids, it's okay. When man does it, it's not okay. They both go to the same place. They both go to heaven. They both don't have to suffer anywhere else, but it's not part of God's plan. Is that the problem? God, God wanted to kill these kids, like such as the, the kids at uh, the, the Egypt or during the Passover. So those kids, he wanted those kids to die by his hand. He probably saved them throughout their life. Oh, he would have fallen in the river, but you know, move him over here, blow some wind or have him chase a leaf. Then he's, then he's safe. I can kill him later when his parents don't put blood on a doorway. <laughs> come on man that's not loving why why would you worship such a monster he needs blood on a doorway so he knows which door not to go in and kill the kids that's pretty bad okay. that's pretty bad well to uh to uh to take you where you you know uh okay there is a uh well there is a there's a concept in the uh, scriptures called progressive revelation, mm. man's understanding of God moving along, mm -hmm. and, and it progresses and climaxes in the life of Jesus. You know, there's there's a lot of of, of narrow view of God throughout those pages of the Old Testament that was to become uh, better understood in the self revelation of God in jesus and so what we need to be able to do is is not judge god by the limited view of the old testament as they by his actions i mean we can we can we can we can say it's a limited view but is the view correct did he actually kill those children did he actually do that there was a judgment yes in x in there's the problem the problem still remains then ed that's still the problem wrong we started with it's wrong to kill babies. We both agree that it's wrong to kill babies. But you worship a guy that does it. 
You follow a guy that does it. You follow his tingles that he gives you. And you're okay with that. You make excuses for it. It's weird. I, I mean, I can't think of any other child killer out there that'd be like, yeah, but he, but he washes his hands. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. I don't, I don't, it's not okay with me, man. It's not okay. And that's half my problem. Half, half the problem. The other half is the contradictions and the, and the logical reasoning that just doesn't add up when you read the Bible. But I'll let you have the last word here and then let us know where we can find your stuff. We're almost out of time. Go ahead, Ed, last word. Well, you know, I, I like the conversation and the honesty of where you are. And uh, uh, personally, uh, I'm comfortable and confident of the, of the spiritual uh, connection I have with God that's been developed over time. Mm -hmm. It has brought me to a level of life that's, uh, that is uh, life indeed for me. And so my book seeks to try to, those who want to open that door and go through it and see how to develop that relationship. That's what I'm about with my book. So that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate right. it. Okay. All right. Take care, man. We'll, we'll keep in touch. Stay safe out there. All right. Okay. How do, how, do nope. we, how, do, how do people get in touch with your program? Uh, you, like with me, they email me. You can find me at the Bible says what.com or you can email me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. Okay. All right. So, so I, I go on your podcast. Okay. Uh, bswthepodcast at gmail.com. That's my email. That is honestly the best and the fastest way to get a hold of me. But to see this interview or anything like that, that'll be on YouTube. Uh, I'll send you the link for sure when it's up and ready. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely, okay. Ed. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, man. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. And that's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? Spider-Man with his infinite grace. Spider-Man is greater than Jesus. Let's start the show.
I hate all of that. It was all terrible.